Mindy Honkoop is MBA, a fractional chief people officer and advisor. She is a speaker and consultant. Mindy, welcome. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Excited to have you on. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work and why you do what you do. I do what I do because it's a calling. It, it started from a place of uh, social work. I w- thought I was going to to work with juvenile offenders, <laughs> and um, going as an intern uh, in college and working with that population, I, I started to see some some common themes within the lives of the young people I was working with. And often it was where the adults in their communities and in their life were not. Were, were, they were lacking a, a meaningful interaction. They often weren't showing a sense of self-worth or purpose. And this wasn't being um, mirrored or, you know, these young people, you, you don't learn how your sense of self-worth from what you're not born with this innate ability. And so, you know, when I started talking with the adults and you start to see often some of what they're taking home with them and and they're coming to these young people, it's coming from their workplaces. And so I very quickly started to get curious about what happens if we create healthier workplaces and that these adults could come back a different version of themselves. And then how would these young adults' lives be impacted where maybe then they wouldn't even need me? And so I'm always one that's curious, looking for ways to really work myself out of jobs and uh, found there was a a lot of synergy between um, what I was able to do and and the value that would add within um, workplaces. And, And really, it's about thinking about that workplace ecosystem, the humans that are in it, and being able to create that that project plan that those people, that people framework that really ties the people to the reason why they're there to drive greater business impact, uh, to really most usually uh, impact a consumer or customer externally. And so, you know, how do we create great customer experiences and employee experiences that drives, yes, productivity and profitability, but not at the expense of employee well-being so that um, we do have greater communities in society. So I, at the end of the day, personally, I'm a person person. I I love people. I love driving health within ecosystems. And that kind of explains a little bit of everything that I do. Putting the human back in human resources, Mindy. (laughs) Yes. I bet you hear that joke a lot. I'm sorry. I do. I'm I'm regretful (laughs) that I made it. I, 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 I hate. <laughs> I really dislike okay. being basic. I oh, help it's not though, right? So many people are running away from HR leader, human resources, replacing people. But you know, people are humans, and at the end of the day, our workplaces are made up of humans. And humans are messy. We're not perfect, and and we need uh we need to have the right resources and tools to equip us, especially in a, a highly in a highly uh, digital world. Uh, and, you know, we're not great at relationships to begin with. And then you add in the digital component and it makes it even harder. And so that's where I get really excited about my job as an HR leader, being able to come alongside um, workplaces to guide them and how do we really think about our employee experience to make that better. Now you've been the the HR leader, the chief people officer, the VP of HR at some very very notable companies, and you've made the decision to 
to become the, the fractional CFO or chief CHRO or whatever to, to 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 come in and consult to companies. Why why that shift? Yeah, um, that shift came because you know I really saw that my passion was around let's start working with companies before they grow beyond, and and, and then the, it, it, it's harder to drive change in larger organizations. So I thought if I could start working before it becomes a problem, um, the ability to change is more rapid and there's still um, the ability to adapt faster if you're able to get to companies sooner. And so, uh, but smaller companies, uh, young founders, they're not able to afford a chief people officer. And, and so those things don't align. So the fractional piece allows the ability for a small company with small budget to be able to work with someone like myself, to be able to come alongside of them and really think through from an early stage, you know, how can we be thoughtful about building a, a people function and and policies and practices that are going to enable us to actually scale and grow faster because we were thoughtful in being able to create clarity and consistency and alignment so that we're all as humans rowing together to drive faster change. What everyone's, if you have the right people in the boat, rowing in the same direction and not against each other, you're going to get somewhere faster. Yeah, it, it makes all sense in the world. And it makes sense that you want to find that, for lack of a better term, sort of sweet spot where the company yeah. is now successful and they're profitable, things are going well. Now let's take a step back or just kind of explore if we were twice as big, three times as big, four times as big, how do we take what's working and make that scalable? So coming into a later start, a later stage company, right? Being able to take a step back and really look at, you know, what is going really well here? And what are maybe some of the things that are keeping us from being able to be better? Often, I, I, someone's mentioned this in the, in the best way. You know, often you say current state audit, but, you know, who wants an audit? No one wants to be audited. And it's really, you know, a lot of people get so busy in the day to day that we don't take that step back to really understand what is holistic happening here. What is that current state? And so I, uh, a colleague, a friend, a peer fractional worker said they do an HR x-ray, which I thought, oh, that's really cool. An HR x-ray of the organization to really help understand, you know, where are the strengths and the areas of opportunity, really that SWOT analysis. And because often what we're doing really good at um, could be even better if we're able to, you know, remove some blockers <laughs> in order to be able to leverage those strengths and, and to fuel those things. You know, often someone may be really great at hiring qualified talent and they may, maybe have great leadership development training, but they have really bad onboarding. <laughs> And maybe we're losing some of this great talent that we hired within the first six months. And, and then all that time that went into finding this great person, now we've lost it. So if, you know, through an x-ray, if we can see some of these strength areas, we can then, we, yes, we can fine tune them, but then we can also kind of spend time on, hey, this is actually holding us back. We hired this great person. If we got the onboarding right, then 
The, and how do we take some of the learnings from our leadership development program if we saw that was a strength and we can incorporate that into our onboarding? Because often onboarding is about how are we skilling that new person to be successful in this organization. So you can also see there may be things that you're already doing, but you can apply it in a slightly different way in an area that could be a blocker. How do you help organizations to to get buy-in to to change? Yeah, so it's really through the lens of ROI and and being able to, you know, think through what is that data. So when you're looking at that x-ray, that scan, that current state, we're, uh, you're going to be able to get your baseline measures. And if you're not, you're, you're not doing the x-ray completely, you really need to understand what are those baseline measures that are indicating this is a strength of ours versus an area of opportunity. And how with that data, how are we then um, understanding, okay, this baseline measure if we look at our the competitive landscape, even if we kind of look outside of ourselves, their baseline measures compared to ours, wow, this is, you know, this is something, you know, we're losing people in six months for a reason. And so now we can start to make some hypotheses around if we do X, Y, and Z, we anticipate being able to increase or decrease uh, this uh, measure by you know, by a certain amount. And, and that then gets the buy-in and the investment because now you're clearly being able to show a pain point. You're being able to show, you know, this is a potential solution. These are the benefits that we're expecting from that. And if we don't do this, then we're going to continue to see this negative impact on our ability to move these business objectives. Um, like if you're losing key talent every, you know, at that six month Point, you're probably your, your engineering might be slowing down. You're, you maybe you're not getting to deliver the value to your customer, um, or, or maybe your customer churn is increasing because their call support center is that you're, they're talking to someone different every time. I mean, there's so many different ways to be able to tie that directly to um, an impact on the business or the revenue. So, so that's that. how I get buy-in. In terms of working with the existing. Um, HR team. How about that? I imagine sometimes people are like, who is this person? Are they taking my job? No, thank you. <laughs> Beat it. Um, and I hope that's never the response. You, you hope that never is true. Hopefully, I, I usually try to come in along the side of from a hero story perspective, right? Where they're in the hero seat. I am the guide that is just able to join them along their journey. Um, for them to be successful, not me. Um, I think for me to be able to come in and work, it's it's uh, it's almost more like uh, maybe this is not a good analogy, but I always think you know Mary Poppins, right? Mary Poppins, and this probably ages me. She comes in, and you know, at first it seems like she's the hero of the story, but it's not. It's that family, right? And she's like guiding this family to heal and come back together. And at the end of the story, she's sailing away, but they're not really sad that she's going. Uh, you know, there is a moment of sadness, but at the end, they're more celebrating themselves as the hero that this family has come 
back together. And Mary Poppins is a very fast, fond memory in the past. She's not the main character at the end of that story. And that's that's what I hope to see. Hopefully that I am setting up uh, organizations, guiding them to be able to become self-aware, self-actualize, and and really then they don't need me anymore. I, I love it. And you said that at the top, just about how you're interested in making yourself, I don't remember what you said, unnecessary or not necessarily needed anymore, because that means you solved- Working myself out of a job. Working yourself out of a job. So I, I appreciate that. So <laughs> what is your method of plying people? Is it a spoonful of sugar? I'm making more <laughs> bad jokes. I, I, I guess my question is- um, from from an engagement standpoint, getting employees to buy in, getting the actual people to be mm. uh, to be involved, the reason why we're here beyond just earning a paycheck. I love this question, George, because so often HR is surprised by we have this exciting thing, and why are employees not using it? And then you kind of take a step back and you ask, well well, what were the employees asking for? What were their needs? And often they don't know the answer. And and so this is where I love user-led design. I use user-led design and agile frameworks um, in my work. And it's about, you know, when we think about what is the employee saying? If we don't know, then how do we create those listening channels to truly understand who our employees are and what are their needs and how are we or are we not meeting them? And how are we allowing them to have a voice within the design process? And being able, they're the experts of the job. They're the ones who do it every day. How are we allowing them to speak into identifying what the actual problem is and then using their feedback and that data to help help inform the the design of the solution, but also getting their feedback through that designing process and allowing them to test it out. And so that when it's delivered, now you have early adopters, people who are excited about this because they've been a part of the process. They've been probably champions that are now being able to tell more people, hopefully you have a wait list, right? People like, I wasn't in that focus group. I've heard great things. I, I'm excited for this to come out. Um, and often that's how you'll start to see how to include the employee, be able to get the buy-in um, and then have that quick rate of adoption. And, and that's what I did in my past as a, a chief people officer, really trying to, you know, be with the employee and help them feel like they were a part whenever possible of the um, of the process or, or um, technology solution selection and 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 the launch of that. If only there were a way for us to know what the employees were thinking, okay, you, you could ask them. Exactly. <laughs> have you have you considered asking them what yes. they think about things? Yes. Balancing, or, or, or maybe not, um, sometimes it's clear what problems are within an organization and just asking then the people that are involved, what do you think we should be working on? And they say, well, I would like more vacation or we would like better technology, but there's also this glaring issue. How do you, how do you, how do you kind of address that? Right. I mean, cause you can't take what someone says just at face value, right? They may be, it may be they're it's, they're saying one thing, but they're meaning something else. 
And, and so it, you need to kind of like dig down in and be able to understand what is that full story here? Are we talking to just more than just that one person? <laughs> what are the different viewpoints and perspective in addition to what is the data showing us? You, you know, you never want to also just use data without digging in. Like data should just get you curious to help you ask some questions and want to explore more. I mean, if you haven't asked why, five times about something, you probably haven't gotten to your actual root cause problem. And if you're not solving a root cause problem, then you're probably spending a lot of money solving the wrong thing. <laughs> and that problem will still be there and you'll be surprised why. Um, and so I think it's also about helping employees. If you don't have a very transparent organization or a really siloed organization, employees may not be understanding the pain points of other employees of the organization. If, if they're just the 10% of the 70%, like helping them understand how their pain points maybe are in comparison as a greater whole. You know, if we are transparent, if we trust our employees, if we're able to share the right level of information so that they are informed, how are we working together as one team, then uh, they, you know, often employees are able to self-govern and say, hey, yeah, I understand now why you're pausing on this thing and waiting because, yes, that as a company, I want our company to succeed. I want a job. I want a paycheck. Please focus on that first. But if you're transparent about a roadmap and why you're focusing on something now versus something later, that often also can address some of the the. Um, the problem identification when, you know, some people hesitate to say, why would I ask employees? Um, because they may not be able or educated enough to, to tell me what the real problems are. I, as a leader, know that. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, Mindy, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people <laughs> learn more about you? How can they engage with you? Yeah, LinkedIn. I have all my information up there. My web website, how to reach out to me. And I'm always look forward to speaking with people. Excellent. What is, what is the website? Oh, my, my website is on Canva. It's agile and HR. Uh, it's on a Canva website, but the link is on my LinkedIn. It's like right on the top there. Okay. Awesome. In the future, it'll be agile and but it is in the process of being made. I love it. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Mindy your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. You can find Mindy on LinkedIn and then find all the links to all the other places that she is hanging out. And if you found value in what we've been talking about, you're an organization that you know you are wanting to help your people and you're looking to grow, it could be a great opportunity to engage and see if there's an opportunity to work together. Thanks again, Mindy. Oh, thank you so much, George. Appreciate it. And until next time, remember, do your part by doing your best.